0: My name is Terish Pipkins. I go by Jigetto when I'm in my puppet world. And this is a short little story, a little, little injection into my life.
1: Salutations, you wondrous bipedal miracles. This is Super Black. A carnival committed to celebrating and creating a cornucopia of charming characters of color. Your hosts are Dan O'Brien and myself, Carl Waldron. Please visit superblack.co for articles, other episodes, and more. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at superblack.org. You can also find Dan on Instagram at Prince, And pick up his new book, The Carnival Prince when the robber calls on Amazon or from his website directly, thecarnivalprince.com. Today's colorful character is a very special one. It's our very first guest, Mr. Tarish Pipkins, aka Jigetto, a master puppeteer, creator, lyricist, and activist. Remember, you can find us on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Music, and, of course, iTunes. Please head to iTunes, rate and subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell us how much you love us, because we love you right back. We want to hear from you guys as well. Head over to superblack.co slash contact and drop us a note. Just uh, let us know what you think. Without any further ado, let's say hello to Jigetto.
2: We spoke before, and yeah. I also read your bio. And I realized, like, you're an artist-artist. Like, you have done everything under the sun, including cutting hair, which I, you know, I believe is an yeah. art form of its own.
0: And I was actually doing art in people's heads. That's why I got uh, famous on the east side of Pittsburgh. I used to do all type of crazy designs. I started cutting hair at the age 14 in my bedroom, practicing on my uh, younger brother. Oh, wow. And I started doing all type of... uh. You know, uh, the uh, hip hop was all about Dapper Dan back then. So people were getting Gucci signs, you know, Fendi, and all the top designers like carved to their hair. And I got elaborate with it. Started doing um, like faces and uh, just scenery, uh, graffiti, you know, lettering. This was like 20 years ago. You know, it's it's still a a culture now. But I was one of the you know pioneers of it back then. I applied my art to every medium that I've put my hands on. I've done um, murals. I do sculpting. And the thing is, all of these past art experiences all led me up to puppetry because I can still, I still have to do all these things to build puppets. I still write poetry and, you know, write scripts for the puppets. I can do my own um, stage props, which is, you know, sculpting. Uh, I I do a little sketching, but I don't, I don't sketch designs out for the puppets. I just go right in and start painting. That's how I approach my uh, my visual art as well. When I do a painting, I start off with the shades and then work my way up to the detail. Mm-hmm. That's the same way I approach like all my artwork.
2: So you mentioned Dapper Dan before um, yes. being an influence. Like, can you do, like dive deeper to that? What other influence have you have you had? It's like, uh, at what point did you realize like, hey, I want to be an artist? Who were you looking at? What were you reading? What were you listening to?
0: From a little kid, I remember drawing pictures. Like my first thing was drawing like muscle cars and you know hot rods. And as you know, maybe four or five years old, I remember taking my drawings to my mother, and her not believing that I drew it. So she like, you really, really drew this. And I remember she would you know call my aunts, my grandmother, like you have to see these things that he's drawing. And a story that really sticks out to me, I was in fourth grade, and we had a substitute um, art teacher that day. So, you know, art substitutes, just, you know, draw whatever you want. So I went through a book, and I drew a bird flying over a canyon in pencil, and, you know, during the class. And this um, substitute teacher offered me money to buy my picture off of me oh, wow. in grade. So, you know, I, I turned it down because, you know, I gave all my art to my mother. So I think it was the offer was up to like 20 bucks hmm. for this drawing. And I was like, nope, this is for my mom. You know, if money didn't mean really anything. I would just buy candy with it anyway, you know, in fourth grade. So <laughs> yeah. I started realizing that I was, you know, uh, above normal with, with art. All my artwork is just hip hop influence. That's just my culture. Even now, It's, you know, I have actually have an um a puppet who's an MC. If it's not hip hop, it's street culture. You know, um, I'm really big on, you know, civil human rights. You know, I'm saying I'm not about oppression or racism at all. I'm really uh big on, you know, going after that. Um, especially, you know, online, social media just expose the extreme racism that black people always knew existed but white people are starting to get a taste of it now that it's like a social media is like a, uh, I would say a, a telescope that lets you like tune in and really look into the heart of what the country is thinking and doing and I think that's a blessing yeah. you know I've done a couple of videos speaking against racism I've been trolled extremely just for being honest and telling the truth. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I'll take my activism to the stage. So now my puppet shows address uh, social, you know, issues and racism. Because you can't troll me in a theater.
2: I know of two of the shows you've put together so far. I would love to have you describe that to the audience. And Because, like, you know, when you described this to me the first time, you know, it took me to another place. Like, it wasn't a good place. It made me angry. But I think that was part of the emotion you're trying to pull from people?
0: Actually, uh, I had a a vision probably a year ago of a puppet being lynched in a dark room with just a spotlight. And I was like, I have to make a show about that. So I wrote uh, a fiction of a black man in 1921 being lynched Uh, around the same time as Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And it's a half-hour production It's about a a family man who owns a general store and he grew up with uh, a white boy as a friend, but they, you know, they were allowed to play together, but they still kept that relationship throughout their life up until the murder. And the story is told through his uh, white childhood friend at the funeral. So that's the narration. Wow. And after the production, after the production, we, I have an open discussion with the audience which is just as deep and effective as the show. And when I start the conversation, I just ask the audience to start your comment or question off with, I feel, you know, to keep some type of structure to it. And it's, I mean, most, the, the biggest reaction I had from is from the white audience that they, I, I made it so personal because there's this thing where one race sees another race and doesn't, they, they they can't uh, put themselves in their shoes for some reason, so that's why I did. I chose even uh, my puppeteers. I have half my cast is white because I didn't want this just to be another production of angry black people yelling at white people, telling them what they did to them, what they're doing. I wanted the white people that are in my life that I love dearly to tell the story from their perspective. So that's the angle that I chose, and it was very effective if I can fit this story in a white guy came up to me almost in tears. Like I cannot believe what I just saw. He said he had a friend who like basically twisted his arm to come to the show. Cause he didn't want to see it. So there's a, a scene when the two boys, when they're young boys, they, uh, they pick up a baseball and they're playing catch with the baseball. They're just throwing it back and forth. And the man told me he had a black roommate and they were best of friends. And they had fell out and he seen them, you know, like months later and they were, take, they were going to take a walk, you know, just, you know, just mash things out and, you know, just put everything out and, you know, just have this, this man to man talk. So while they were walking, they seen a baseball in this field. So without saying a word, they just hopped the fence and just start throwing the ball to each other. <laughs> and he said, you put that in the show. He's like, this is my life. So this is the type of uh, feedback that I was getting from the show. The thing about puppetry, you can get away with a lot more because if they were like human actors, you you know you have these stereotypes and uh, just opinions on people as as people when you see them, like the way they look, the way they speak. But with a puppet, you you just get pulled into the story and you actually live through that puppet. All right. So I can get away. With, you can get away with a lot more with a puppet show versus you know your regular stage show with with human actors. Yeah, they're but not they're that, not inputting
1: their own kind of spin on something. They, always, they everyone wants to to in, infuse some sort of like I believe the character would do this. Whereas the puppet exact, is yeah. is it's just motion. It's it's a heart. It's you know you kind of control the narrative as you go. And yes, and it, absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: At what point did you realize, like, okay, this is what I want to spend most of my time doing? Because I know it's like you dabble, you dipped and dabbled for a little bit. You you love, scu- you know, sculpture. But, like, at what point, like, do you can you pinpoint that moment where it's like, you know, this is what I want to do?
0: Yeah, um, I was back in uh, Pittsburgh. It's like 16 years ago. You know, I was doing these uh, wire sculptures. I used to call them 3D scribble because, you know, they were like uh, safety wire, like wire hanger type of thickness mm-hmm. yeah and i make a shape you know both mostly humanoids i used to make a shape and i used to twist the wire around it to give it some volume and it looked like scribble mm-hmm. you know so i actually made a puppet out of one of them and put clothes on it and i was you know i was i wanted to be like brosky this is when i was doing my art i was i had this uh, cool uh, loft apartment living in a uh, warehouse full of artists mm-hmm. and the Outstairs neighbor seen the puppet that I made. He was like, "Oh man, you got to see this movie called Being John Malkovich." So he gave me the VHS tape. I put the VHS tape in my uh, cam. i in mean, my uh, VCR. So I watched the opening scene of Being John Malkovich, with this marionette had this dramatic scene where he had a, a nervous breakdown and he like threw stuff off the dresser and he ran and did a forward roll. And I was like, holy shit, that's what I want to do. And, you know, and around that same time, I had met uh, Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because his studio was in Pittsburgh. I was at that studio doing a live show where I did a a live painting on television. And someone asked me if I wanted to see the set, you know, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So, of course. So after I finished seeing the set, Mr. Rogers actually came into the building. And, dude, it was crazy. Like you know, there's it's an office setting, so they had cubicles. He's walking down the hallway, and like adults are standing up. Fred, you know, he's like walking down the hall like Jesus Christ. He's touching people in the forehead and smiling. <laughs> and, well, I'm standing there, you know, with my wife, like holy shit, it's Mister Rogers. So he finally walks up to us, and he's like, you know, how you doing? We spoke, and before there was before smartphones too. I used to carry all my artwork and a photo album with Polaroid and develop film pictures. Mm-hmm. I carried it everywhere I went just in case, you know, I met somebody. So, and, you know, we were talking, He's like, you know, come on into my office. So, man, he hung out with us for like a half hour, man. He, I showed him my portfolio. You know, we were looking through and we were talking about art. And, you know, I left that, and, you know, when he passed, I was like, wow, you know what? I, I want to carry on the influence he had on teaching babies and the adult side of the puppetry, with the movie being Duran Malkovich, I was like, I just want to do puppet theater. That's when I decided I want to do this puppet thing. And I haven't looked back since.
2: Did you ever think that creating, building, bringing life puppets would get you to the point where you are now? As, um, For example, winning the Jim Henson um,
0: grant. Oh, that's the, actually, uh, this is my second grant. I won it last year, too. This is two years in a row. Oh. Well,
2: there you yeah. go congratulations
0: on the second year yeah. i had no idea that i would be where i am now this is amazing i mean even you know i don't know if the audience knows but i was actually one of the puppeteers in uh missy elliott and pharrell's video a couple years ago too the uh, where they from video I was well, there one of the you go uh, the puppet scene there and the funny thing is you know i told you i was i'm a MC for like for years but I would have never got the opportunity to meet Missy Elliott and Pharrell rapping, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how it took my puppetry to meet to one of the, you know, two of the top rappers ever through my puppets. And you know, I never even brought up that I rapped. I just stuck with the puppetry and just took it for what it was. I still want to do my adult theater, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, I have children as well, and I've actually been a teacher for six years with children with special needs. So I have a passion for that population, especially, you know, like kids on the autism spectrum. I think they're the most amazing people on the planet, and I just, I'm just drawn to that. So I, I guess, you know, I have. There's two sides, you know, to to my um to my life. There's the dark adult theater side that addresses you know, the, the evils of the world, and then there's the happy side where I'm teaching kids, you know, um, uh, manners and social skills and to have fun and then be happy and just enjoy life.
2: Do you think there can be a happy meeting between those two when it comes to performing?
0: I mean, I mean the truth can't be sugarcoated, man. Mm-hmm. You just have to sit your kids down and have that conversation. And then turn it off and then have a different conversation I think I believe both are important you can't have light without dark. I play on and stress duality because we live in a, a, a duality 3d dimension so you have to address the light and the dark you just can't stay on one side you know there has to be a balance between the both so I think it's important to teach children balance because there are deep dark things that can happen. And you do have to tell them, you know, you have to teach your children to be safe because this world ain't shit. And you have to let your children know that this world ain't shit and be mm-hmm. real with them. That's how I, you know, I saw I raise my children. We
2: understand that you are uh, performing and presenting a workshop at BAM yes. in February. Can you tell us more about that?
0: Yes, um, I was actually connected through the uh, the Henson Foundation. So the, uh, the BAM contacted me and said, you know, we heard you this and that. And actually, someone from BAM came to Durham to see my show, Spinocchio, which is a—it's an Afrofuturistic spin on the story of Pinocchio, but it's told through robots. The, the lead character—he's an android who wants to be a real b-boy. So I address, you know, uh, oppression, war, and just what is humanity. You know what I mean? Because you know, I address that because you know, people talking about AI and singularity. And the, the issues that are going to come up are, you know, just ethic issues like, or do they have rights? Mm-hmm. Are they human? What is humanity? So I address all these things in this puppet show. Mm-hmm. So he came to see that. We talked more. And I'm going to do um, two kids' workshops where it's just you know puppet manipulation. And I'm actually doing a, um, an adult uh, workshop on building my uh, style of puppets called Rodettes. Because I merged two puppet styles. I uh, merged Rod puppets and marionettes, and I call them rodettes, because mm-hmm. the rods keep the string stable from getting, you know getting mixed up. So you have the rigid movement with the rods and the subtle movements like Miles opening. I use strings, so it's a perfect combination of mm-hmm. the two. You know, it's sort of like Jim Henson created the, the the Muppets, which are you know hand puppets and and rod puppets put together. Mm-hmm.
2: So can you give us the dates and times this is
0: happening and where people get the tickets? Definitely. I'll be uh, doing three workshops at BAM, uh, February 3rd and 4th. I'm doing a kid's workshop, which is puppet manipulation, I'm just going to bring a lot of puppets and do a small presentation of who I am, what I do, uh, describe the puppets, how they work, and just let the kids have at it, man, and just teach them how to manipulate the puppets. And that'll be going on for two days. And then... The uh, one adult workshop is, I think, the 4th, that Saturday night at 7 p.m., where I'm going to bring supplies, and we're going to build puppets, my uh, Rodette puppets. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, hopefully I'll see you there, Daniel. You oh, get uh, you. I already
2: bought my ticket, to be honest. Nice.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> I, bought the, I bought the ticket close <laughs> a month ago. I pulled up the flyer. Uh-huh. So the adult workshop is on February 3rd at uh-huh. 7 p.m. And the ticket price for anybody that's interested is $25
1: and children's tickets are $15 a piece. And how about you give us your social media? Where
0: can everybody find you? How can everybody follow your work? All right. Um, start off with my website, which is jighetto.com. Uh, I keep updated of uh, upcoming shows, uh, presentations. You know, uh, My bio is there. You can learn a lot about me. Um, Facebook, I go under Terrish. Jigetto Pipkins, that's T-A-R-I-S-H, Tarish. Jigetto, my last name, Pipkins, P-I-P-K-I-N-S. And uh, Instagram is Jaghetto's underscore puppets. That's Jigetto's one word, no apostrophe, underscore and puppets. But I usually uh, mostly live on Instagram. So yeah, check me out. And, uh, you know, you follow, I follow back. I actually follow more people who are following me. So.
2: <laughs> that, that's very cool. Thank, thank you so much. Um, this was such an amazing interview. And I look forward to seeing you in February.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you for having me. All right. You take care. Bye.